Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this episode 28 of our South African Equestrian Federation podcast, From the Horse's Mouth. Tonight, we're very excited to speak to our discipline of polo cross. Polo cross has recently been making some waves on the international competition scene, and we're also going to get to talk to them about the upcoming World Cup 2024, as well as finding out more about this discipline, which is dubbed as the, the king of one horse sports. Is that correct, our PASA president, Manfred Rower, who has joined us here tonight? Good evening. Thank you for joining, Manfred, all the way from KZN. Yeah, thank you very much. And Thanks apologies for, for the delay. Yes, sorry, everybody. We had some technological demons. Manfred is thankfully uh, better at polo cross than at technology. So we're very grateful he's here to impart some of his wisdom with us. Manfred, do you want to tell us a little bit about how your love affair with polo came, polo cross, sorry, I know that's a ghastly error, came to, came to be? It's actually strange that uh, I need to correct you immediately that I don't actually play polo cross. I watch it and, um, yeah, I watch all family around me that play. Debbie plays, um, Emma plays, um, Angus played for a while, and uh, but I've never played. I um, entered the sport very late, and um, as a veterinarian, um, I find it fascinating because it's uh, it's rugby on horseback, really, and the fatigue and the exercise and the exertion and the speed at which the game is played, especially at a very high level, absolutely fascinated me, and with time I think I just seem to be the target or the villain to be roped into help run the organization and that's where I've ended up um, where I am so I don't have the depth of knowledge and uh, the depth in the history of the sport as many other people might have and I know Sarah's family has been involved for a long time um, Sam as well with her family so I'm probably the newbie even though I'm deemed to be the oldest in this room I think it's um, something that crops up repeatedly in um, in speaking to people who are involved with the disciplines and the sport. Is it's absolutely essential that we've got volunteers such as yourself. Um, even if Manfred, it is because you've been coerced by your family. It's really wonderful that we've got this broad base of enthusiasts who help us to run the sports. It's really essential. Yeah, I, I do agree with that, and I'm very. Um you know, happy and um, conscious of the effort that um, the Polo Cross community and the executive itself uh, has put in to, you know, to run the sport, to run it at the level um, that we've achieved over the last five to ten years and um, and the achievements in itself from right through junior levels to senior levels, having won the World Cup twice in the last couple <coughs> of years and, um, and only got beat in 2019 in Australia. So... Yeah, I must thank a lot of people and um, also thank the people that started the sport many years ago and um, for, you know, for what they have done and the, and the equine involvement and with my involvement in horse racing primarily, it is a fantastic outlet for a second career for horses and it's, um, it really is a great opportunity for racehorses, um, more the smaller ones and the faster ones, but it is still an, uh, a place for them to find a second career and a second home. 
So Manfred, let's talk a little bit about Polo Cross to the people who, who haven't ever watched any of it before. How, how do the teams work? The, the teams are sections of three players and you have a striker and a midfielder and a defender. And they play, the, the striker can, um, can play in the, in, the, in the front part of the field and the middle part of the field. The defender plays in the middle part of the field and the and the back part of the field, and the and the and the midfielder only plays in the middle of the field. So yeah, it's very much like um, all sports where you you know the striker and defender end up in their in their secure zone, um, which is called the thirty yard line. That's where they only two of them are allowed in there, and the striker tries to score between the poles, and defender tries to um, prevent that from happening. And it's um, it's sections. As I say, you play alternate sections of six minutes. So a team is made of, of two sections of three and three. So it'll be two strikers, two midfielders, and two defenders. And uh, but maybe Sarah can even add a little bit to that. I mean, she's a South African player. She's got her national colours, and she's played a lot, a lot of polo cross and her family as well. So maybe she can actually add a little bit to what I've said there. But you were spot on there, Manfred. But now we've brought in the impact player. So there are always four players on a provincial or international level. So you have an, one player off the field because now the international and provincial level, they go to eight chuckers. So you're playing four chuckers on and four chuckers off for the same men's and ladies. And so now they're actually four players in a team. So there are four ladies and four men for internationals and World Cups and those kind of things. But otherwise, you have everything exactly how we would des describe it for. And it is polo cross is like rugby on horses. It's very physical, very fast. And the ball is the most important part of the game. Apart from the horses are very important as well. Um, and can one of you give me a little bit about the roots of the sport, how it originated? Sarah, do you want to say something? Or Sure, now you'd have to I'd rack my brains now. But I know Charles's mum and Anne Tim were one of the founders and they started in Shongweni, but I'd have to go back on dates, but that must be 60, 70 years ago. Yeah, so Charles's mum passed away five years ago and she was one of the founder members with Anne Tim and they, it originated in England, if I'm, am I, Manfred, are you? Maybe yes, yeah, correct. yeah, you, yeah, you, are, you are correct, it originated in England. In England, then moved yes. to Australia and then actually came back um, into Africa via Rhodesia or Zimbabwe yes. now. Yeah. And yes. then... It came from there into into South Africa, and it started its roots more in the escort area. Um, and uh, this is according to, I mean, Jack Higgs. I think he was a president at the Matamu Polo Cross many years ago. But it then also filtered into Shongweni. So Shongweni um, became very strong. Escort became very strong. But that's really where where it um where it started and um in 1948 1950s that's when polo cross started in in southern africa i was really interested when reading up about it to see that lacrosse 
you know, I thought lacrosse was very much for private school boys in America, but it's actually got its roots in the Native American Indians, um, lacrosse itself. And, you know, it's just interesting that they were, they were such intuitive horsemen. Um, so, so to see this discipline arise out of, out of both of those, I thought was really fascinating. And it's, it did make me chuckle to see that the Australians say that it's, they consider it one of their only three truly South African sport, uh, I mean, Australian sports. So it makes sense that our natural blood rivals in every sport that we have are here trying to lay their claim to polo cross as being their, their national sports, just about in everything that I've read. As it says, it's a, it is really a mix of polo as ancient and old as that is, I mean, that is very ancient, oh. and um, and a mix of the American Indian who played lacrosse. And then being horsemen, I think they combined the two, and so the sport was started. So if people in South Africa want to start polo cross, you know, I, I think the team sports, particularly for equestrians, feel quite daunting to engage with. How would someone... I mean, I, I understand that you're going to say that the, the best thing to have is a thoroughbred. But if somebody, especially a kid, has a horse that they would just like to play around with polo cross, where do they start, Manfred? How do they, how do they begin to engage? It, it is very much a family sport and it is um, um, set around a club structure. So the most likely form for somebody to get involved is to be part of a club or a club that has a discipline as a sport or through a friend of the family or a family itself that plays. But if one would just read about it and wanted an interest, one would, you know, I'd go to the internet, you can have a look at Polo Cross and see which clubs. There are a variety of clubs all over the country. And literally, if you can ride a horse and you play hockey at school, I think you've got a fair bit. You might have to change your saddle bit because a uh, I just realized the other day that these show jumping saddles are called easy art. I think if you play polo cross on an easy art, you must probably do easy art often. <laughs> because the saddle is a little different and holds you holds you in a little bit. So it almost yeah, but, does uh, look like one of the um, Australian stock saddles. You know, it's got quite a thigh, quite a thigh um, block there. Yes, yeah. I mean, maybe Sarah can comment on on that. You know, I'm I'm normally standing on my feet and watching people play. No, definitely. Are, so we, we definitely have brought all the Australian stock saddles into South Africa. Oh, they, okay. We would get them from Australia or um, Johnson Brothers used to make in Zimbabwe, we would get. But now we've got Bomber Question making in South Africa and Gordon Shaw's also making in South Africa. That's fantastic. Yeah. So basically you need, you need a horse, one that hopefully has a bit of steering and speed and is not scared of a stick waving past its eye. And then the saddle's the next most important thing. And remember, our community is, we're not a big community. So everyone is so welcoming if somebody's new because we all know each other. So if somebody arrives that's new and says they want to come and play polo cross, everyone is like, oh, you want to learn how to play polo cross? And they'll give them so much advice and input it's that's lovely it's true what manfred says you must look on the internet which club is close by to you and you uh, I, i've just hopped onto your website which is polocross.co.za and i see there at the bottom you've got quite a lot of information so if people scroll to the bottom 
They can see there's information there about tournament procedures, the rules, uh, clubs, obviously. So that's that's a really helpful starting point. And on the clubs, it's got all the contact details of the chairman or the secretaries. And so if you contact any of those people, they would be able to help you to okay, come right. to practice and learn about polar cross. And, and get an introduction. I'm keen, yeah. I, although I think Manfred's idea of standing on the sidelines and, um, you know, having an opinion from there is a lot easier. Uh, Georgie, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see you on a polo cross field. But I think I'm, I'm having a look at these saddles. <laughs> as, and the dressage. To do dressage in one of these saddles. I'm, I'm you know, I think I had a soft medal. Yeah, the dressage theory of you being on your own in the arena is, is probably safer than being on a photo cross field. Listen, listen, <laughs> definitely safer, but this looks a lot more fun. Georgia, no, I, said, I said the other day, um, I ride my mountain bike quite a bit in Shongweni, and I often come across um, dressage riders, show jumpers, and just uh, pleasure riders in the, in the sugarcane fields. And it's always quite a daunting experience to this this meeting space between horse and and mountain bike and i actually said to somebody the other day you know what you'd be a lot easier or better off if you'd actually purchase a polo cross saddle and did all your art rides in a polo cross saddle <laughs> Absolutely. they'd be far less anxious um, <laughs> off. and maybe one should use this platform to help gordy shaw sell more saddles because <laughs> the whole of Tongweni could have a jumping saddle and an outright saddle that looked like, that is a polo cross saddle. Yeah, I love it. Although I'm seeing some images of you guys hanging off the side of the saddle, and I hope there's some Velcro. So maybe we can get a um, breeches manufacturer involved to have some <laughs> Velcro in the seat there. Yeah, there's a guy you could interview there. He's in he's in uh, in Guenya, a guy called Steph Harris. I think he perfects the the art of falling out of the saddle while still playing the ball. <laughs> so uh, speaking. of I see you also, obviously, the President's Cup is a highlight of the show jumping calendar. I see Polo Cross 2 has a President's Cup, which is coming up soon. Yes, it's a, it, uh, we have just uh, postponed it, and uh, purely because of the horse sickness predicament that we're in. Okay. And um, KZN especially, there, there is so much horse sickness around, and and Gwenya, as the venue, has had a positive horse sickness case. So we've had to postpone it. Um, we did mention a day today, but it looks like we might have to move it a week or so. Um, okay. But we'll confirm that tomorrow. I know we'd send a notice out today, but we might actually have to amend that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great tournament in my mind um, where uh, players enter on an individual basis and then the tournament organizing committee actually makes the teams up in oh, all the different categories. That's so really nice. It gives, it gives the individuals an opportunity to connect then. Yes, with other players, and you match the teams as evenly as possible so that they, you really get exciting matches right through the tournament. Polacross otherwise is a little different. You sort of make up your teams and you have your favorites that you want to play with and you have these little vendettas and rematches <laughs> against uh, people that you've played with before and it becomes a bit like... Um, it's basically uh, just school, like show school jumping. Rugby. It's great. Uh, school rugby when you have these derby <laughs> games, you know, and you don't speak to each other for a day or so, and then you make up in the pub. Oh, that's that's that, that's great. 
That's this sounds a lot more fun. Again, like show jumping, but show jumping they don't make up afterwards in the pub necessarily. I think. <laughs> yeah. And what are some of the basic rules, Manfred? Before we move on to Sarah, like, are there are there besides the saddle recommendations? Are there other tech limitations? Um, you know, do well maybe do Sarah Sarah can lead us through the tech limitations. I think I'd prefer if she said something there. We we only wear bandages on the legs and coronet boots just to protect the horses. It's always about the safety of the horses. But the rest is you can ride with a martingale or a head check or whatever you, and you can ride with any bit that you'd like. There's no limitations on that. They do say that we aren't allowed to ride with a running rein, like a polo player runs pl plays with a running rein for safety in polo. In polo cross, they say, the less tack that you have on the horse, it, because it's such a contact sport, you don't want to interfere with tack as well that can get hooked onto other players. Yeah. But the game starts with a, a line out, so everyone is standing, the ones are next to each other, the twos are next to each other, and the threes. So the attacking player is the one, the midfielder is the two, and the defender is the three. And the ball is thrown in, by the umpire, so everyone starts fairly. And then okay. once you've got the ball, then you have to try and score the goal, with it. but everyone else can defend them by riding them off or can hit their racket, but in an upwards movement. It's You're not allowed to hit downwards. You have to hit upwards. Okay, so, so it's very much like, sorry. So like a scooping motion, like like in lacrosse. Yes. Okay. It's very much like lacrosse, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and what gets you into? Like, I'm quite thrilled by the violence of this, Sarah. What gets you into trouble with the umpire? Well, if you do, so that's all about, as I said, safety for the horses. So you can't ride behind the saddle. You can't when you ride somebody off. You have to be shoulder to shoulder. So. If there's a line, if the ball travels in a direction, that's the line of the ball, and no one's allowed to cross that line. So just okay. so you don't end up with having an intersection crossing that you jumped a red robot, you know, that kind no. of idea. So it's always like safety for the horses and safety for the players as well. So no one gets hit on their hands or anything. You, That's why they try and say upward movement, and it's not allowed to be a wild stick swinging mm. But and if you violate, sorry, sorry, Sarah, if you violate one of the rules, so then you would get a penalty okay. either from the spot or they would move it further up the field, depending on the um, seriousness of the penalty. Okay. And then the team that got the advantage would start with the ball, and then they have to throw the ball to themselves or pass it to one of their players. Yeah. So. Okay. And then, um, Sarah, moving along, unless there's something from a rules perspective that is, is very important, you went over with our junior South African team now who competed in Australia recently, correct? That is correct, yes. <laughs> and that just sounds like the most wonderful experience for a team of young riders to have had. How did that come about? No. It, it was an absolutely amazing experience for the under-16 team. And remember, we had probably 20 players to select our under-16 team from. 
where Australia has, we were at a tournament. There were over 1,500 players <laughs> at the tournament. That's incredible. Yeah, there were eight fields there. Um, it was in Albury at the Albury Wagadoon. I hope I pronounced it correctly, yeah. Equestrian Centre. Mm -hmm. And they had a men's division, a, C, a ladies' division, a junior division. They coached for four days before and then just a normal tournament. So our children were exposed to the highest standard. When you say Australia think they are started the sport, when you see that, they, they can say that they started the sport because it is amazing to see. And all the fields are running from 7 o'clock in the morning. And then they even have 8 o'clock um, evening games, three games in the evening on one of the fields. They'll have lights and they have evening games. So it is unbelievable, yeah. And how did, so you said we had a pool of 20 riders to choose from. What is the um, team selection process for something like this? And what was the event? Was it just a friendly international or? No, well, it wasn't. I think it was an international South Africa against Australia. Okay. And they were selection tournaments last year. There were four tournaments the children had to play at two championships, which would have been either a provincial championship and then SA Champs and then another tournament we've got called the Junior Classic. And the Junior Classic is only the juniors that are allowed to play anything from 18 and below. And the selectors put teams together how they would like to see the children playing. And That's wonderful. the criteria, I think you had to play three of the tournaments um, because of all the children having other activities and yeah. school sports, you can't always make it to all the tournaments. And they announced the side at the end of last year. And then they had a camp probably once a month they tried to get together. So they had a lot of preparation before they went to Australia and practiced together and team building, which was amazing. Yeah, that's great. It's, that's it's, I think the benefit of a sport like polo cross just does have that team element, especially for young riders, that is often missing from a, a discipline like perhaps dressage. And it is definitely a team sport because we had the four girls and the four boys and you had to, I mean, they're 16-year-olds, so you have to manage all the different hormones and all that. So the management team was Brilliant, and they looked after the children. Sarah, it's remember, no different. It's no different when they're fifty-year-old. I don't think. No, <laughs> and remember that. So we arrived there on Sunday, and on Monday they got the draw. Uh, we did the horse draw. All the horses were trotted out, vetted. It was done very professionally, and then we did the draw in front of everyone. And so we got a pool of twelve horses, South Africa. And from Monday at 10 o'clock, we did the draw. It was totally up to us that we had to look after the horses. So we had wow. no grooms. So that eight children had to feed, had to be there at hopper six in the morning to walk their horses because they I were staying in school. So it was actually, it was such a, it was team building and also child building. <laughs> because if you can imagine South Africans with all our grooms and what we have here, and we're not lazy. They kept on saying, oh, you must be lazy children. And I was like, no, we're not lazy children at all. 
That's 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 great yeah. to hear about that experience. What does that do for young riders? I spoke to Oliver Lazarus, who's a South African show jumper based in Europe, and he's been going overseas since he was young. And he said it's honestly one of the most important things that could happen for a young show jumper's career. How important are these these? I don't want to call it just a competition. It's really, to your point, it's character building. How important is no. that development in your sport? I, I think it's it's amazing for the children to actually have seen and all the hospitality or, or hospitality around them because so many people, they made such good friends and everyone said afterwards, once you've, if you finish school, come and visit us, come and play for the season here. It just makes your family so much bigger. And so I, I think it was amazing for those children to, and to be able to ride other horses because they all play Australian stock horses, which don't run like our thoroughbreds. And we play probably 90% Australian as thoroughbreds in South Africa. So our game is much faster where their game is much more on technical. Oh, so that's interesting. So some lessons coming yeah. out of that experience for the South African juniors then. Definitely. And what were some of the big takeaways for them, Sarah? Having And they were over there for a week, you said. They were over there for a week and... Sarah? I think, you know, I wonder what happened. Maybe, maybe her, her... I heard the windows... Her I heard the windows shut down noise. Um, my brain feels like that <laughs> I've had coffee, you know. Dun, 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 dun. But that, oh, yes. That's a perfect moment for us to move on towards you, Sam, who operates yes. as the events manager um, for PASA. And I was really interested to, to read about the World Cup coming to South Africa in 2024. I believe we have hosted it before. Yes, we, um, we hosted in 2015. And uh, I was very, uh, well, very um, minimally. Hi, Sarah. Sorry. We've, we're just chatting to Sam, Sarah. We'll come back to you. Should okay, I carry so, on then? Yes, Georgie. please carry on. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I wasn't involved in a huge amount, but um, uh, there was an, another lady, Jill Cooper, that was um, integral in the, in the running and setting up of it. And um, since 2015, we, we at Shongweni have had revived our club. And since That's 2016, we successfully hosted a lot of Polacross World Cup, um, Polacross High Goals, I mean. And um, we've, we've gained a, a big worldwide following for that. So um, when Thank it came you, sorry, to 2019. Sam, what is the high goal as, as a competition? How is it different? So it's pretty much... Um, a prestigious, prestigious tournament where we invite people to build a team, um, which has a limited handicap, and you can get players from all over the world to um, part participate. And um, we used to we, we used to play for um, winnings of of um, of auctions. So what we do is we'd have a prestigious. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can. Sarah. Yeah, can Welcome back. <laughs> This is, We'd this have is a, the most chaotic podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm blaming the Polo Cross people. You guys have come onto it and just it's just been manic, but it's great. 
Sorry, <laughs> Sam, carry on. No, no problem. So, so after 2015, we introduced the Hagel um, to Shongweni. We actually were driven by um, a sponsor to start something up there. And um, since 2016, um, barring 2020, we've had a Hagel every year um, at Shongweni. We, um, yeah, we, we literally put on a world-class event um, where we invite people from all over the world to participate. Um, we, we auction off teams and um, sometimes wild cards, um, and that money goes into a pot. And whoever buys the team that wins um, gets winnings back at the end of the tournament. So, um, yeah, it's pretty much um, gained a lot of um, worldwide attention. Um, lots of players have wanted to come and play here in our country. Um, and then that sort of led on to us possibly um, uh, putting our names down or putting our Shongwini yeah, back no. on the map. Sarah, Sarah we-, we can hear you. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, yeah, so in 2019, when um, we had the next World Cup, um, it was in Australia. We took a bid to host um, the next World Cup, which was going to be four years later. But obviously with COVID, that put a bit of a damper on things. And we're now um, bidding, well, we've, we've still won the bid, bid at the 2019 World Cup. And now we, we're hosting the World Cup in July of 2024. And where will it be hosted, Sam? We will be hosting it back at Shungweni, the KZN epicenter for um, equestrian sports. Um, and, yeah, um, we we hope that um, it'll have the whole fo- the same following that it did in 2015. On, de- on all the playing days, we, we recorded about 15,000 people over the period um, that oh. came and visited. And on the final day of, of, of um, SA playing Zambia in the final, we had about 8,000 people present. So we, we really put Polo Cross on the map in 2015. And we hopefully will, it will yeah, bring it back, back again in 2024. That's, that, that's just so exciting to hear. You, the high goals as well. Um, what, what are the different countries that get invited or qualify to compete at these kinds of events? So you've mentioned Zambia, um, the, Britain, Australia. Who are some of the other like, famous visitors we've got? We, we've had um, people from Ireland, um, people from the USA, people from the United Kingdom, Kingdom Zimbabwe, Zambia, um, and New Zealand. So we've had from all, the, all of the eight countries that actually partake in the World Cup. That's, that's great. And how do the horses work in a situation like that? Obviously, they're not bringing them, them over. Do we have to get some generous owners here to put all their horses into a hat? Yes. Um, so uh, currently they're asking every player that that gets selected to put in 16 horses. We need to we need to um, have in the region of 120 to 130 horses available over that period of time in July. Um, obviously, some are not always sound, so we we need to have backups in, in that case. And and all of these horses are trotted and vetted out before they're played. Um, so, so that's always done beforehand, and you're given a pool of horses. So, um, out of the sixteen that the um, the player puts in, um, he only he 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 only might get the opportunity of paying two 
of his own horses, whereas okay. the rest will be from all the other players. Um, Sam, and then when it comes to you've you've mentioned that sponsorship was really the way that the sport was encouraged to grow. I really think that's such a wonderful initiative. Whereas a lot of the other disciplines are going the other way around, where we're all going to try and lure sponsors into funding this insane sport that we all love. Who are the sponsors that are really behind driving polo cross? Well, when we um, when we hosted the 2015 World Cup, we had um, a sponsor, Land Rover Durban, um, involved in a very, very small way. And I think that... Um, the love for the sport was born out of their involvement in that World Cup. And and when the World Cup was over, they were actually asking for us to start up a Polacross club at Shongweni. Um, and that was the birth of uh, a rebirth of the Shongweni Polacross club, um, which I'm involved in. And, um, and, and yeah, it just was driven by them. They were so passionate about it. Um, so, so I think you, you need a buy-in from the sponsor. And I think when, when you've actually brought a sponsor to the tournament, um, they actually see how amazing and exciting it is to watch from the sideline. I'm also like Manfred where I don't play. I played one season, and I think that's when you say you play for love. And I played <laughs> uh, one season for my husband, I think, when we first got married. And and then I realized how scary and daunting it is to play. Um and I didn't quite like getting my hands hit in the line out and that sort of thing. And um, I, I was actually knocked out <laughs> in a line out. And um, I, yeah, I was woken up with someone trying to get off, get me off my horse. So um, that sort of put a damper on it. And I just said, well, I don't think this game's for just me. Have to tell you, Sam, you are honestly the, the, no, you're definitely the first person I've ever met that got knocked or knocked out without falling off their horse. <laughs> That's Georgie, she didn't tell you that she rode into something. <laughs> no, no, That's, Medford. I think it was the chap lining up next to me. <laughs> That's slightly less impressive, but still pretty amazing. Yeah. So um, that was the last time I played, and I, I watch from the sidelines now. My two daughters and my husband play. And, um, yeah, it doesn't do too much to my heart um, watching them play because <laughs> it is quite rough out there. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks quite thrilling. Um, how with a show like the World Cup, it obviously is just a fantastic opportunity for a discipline to develop. What are what is Polo Cross South Africa hoping to come out of hosting an event like that? You've mentioned these wonderful international relationships um, and the opportunity to grow. What else are you looking at? I think it's just um, developing the sport and and making people aware of um, the sport. I think after COVID, we all wanted something to do outside. And, and this is something to do outside. It's something to do outside with your family. It involves an animal. Um, it doesn't mean um, it. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to play. Come and watch it. It's just mm. thrilling to watch. Um uh, yeah, and, and it's just a, an amazing sport that not many people know about. Um, so I think we need people to it. Um, How big are your numbers in South Africa? I think we have 120 members at present. Um, our numbers have dwindled. No, Sam, I must correct you. It's actually a bit more, but the figures of the um, website, we've got 479 members. 
it sounds a bit high, but uh, yeah. that's what came off. Now, members are obviously playing and non-playing members, but you must probably on about, I think, 300 playing members, maybe. 722 horses already. And so would your average rider, they would have to have more than one horse? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think uh, maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm interjecting here now with Sam. <coughs> uh, but... Um, as you said right in the beginning, what the what the the mission statement on the website still says, it's a, a one horse sport, which it actually has changed, and I'm very glad it has changed because it's it's now really become a multiple horse sport. So most people have at least two horses, if not more than that, and the formats of play in the last five or eight years. We've introduced different formats of multiple horse plays, and it's made a significant difference to the welfare of the animal. And we're having a, a significant lesser numbers of um, catastrophic injuries. We've also developed a, a really good, solid um, horse welfare network amongst the sport. I think Charlene um, is really He's mentioned it many, many times that Colocross is probably the leader on the on, on the welfare side and the structures that we have and um, the, the system that we follow and the vaccination protocols that we follow. The Colocross has really come from possibly not having the best reputation to probably having one of the better reputations. Mm. And I must say, it's, it's really got to do with the umpiring and the welfare aspect in particular that uh, the horses really find a good home as a second career. That's really wonderful. And I do know that it's on the on the radar for people involved with um, the Thoroughbred Association, the Thoroughbred Breeding Association, to join hands in the future, Manfred, with these sports that are so thoroughbred dominated. And I think it's wonderful, as you say, to see these these horses going on to have these really vibrant, wonderful second careers, and um, and and I think from what I've seen in the with the polo cross horses, they get their own little fan club. You know, they've they're quite notorious. These these really good horses um, on the field. So that's I find that quite fun. Yeah, there's also there's quite a bit of breeding going on. I mean, Sarah and them, they they she can tell you now, they breed a certain stock horse, thoroughbred cross, and even a pure stock horse range. And um, so do other people in the Midlands, Peter Choice, by example. And um, so there, there are a significant number of Australian stock horses around and then a part-bred thoroughbred Australian stock horse. And, um, yeah, so there's, 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 a, lot options. Of, there's a lot of uh, embryo transfers, artificial insemination happening. So the sport in itself contributes even from the, from the veterinary aspect a lot. Um, you know, it, it, at the high end where where a, a good filly who's still playing, uh, a breeder mentioned to me the other day, produced four embryos in one year and still played the whole season. So that's that's quite phenomenal from a technology point of view. I think it's also interesting to see, you know, a lot of the sport starting to breed for itself as opposed to ab adopting horses from outside of the discipline. So that's, that also becomes a lot more interesting to follow the sport in the next few years. 
Yeah, I think both are good. It's good to breed your own type and and because the own type is needed. But from a thoroughbred um, racetrack veterinarian, who, which I am, I think it's 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 really great to have a sport where there is a, a really good offset for your for your thoroughbred. And the thoroughbreds are superb athletes. Sarah, have you? Quick, yeah, I'm back. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Sarah, the one thing I did want to ask you is, um, I I was interested to see that there seems to be a variation in the rider protective gear that they wear, whether it comes to helmets or knee guards or anything like that. Is there any? Is there any must have for for riders? So they only say that you need a boot with a heel, which is any riding discipline. Um, and just for your leg protection and a helmet. But that's the only official one that you – but now they've got face guards and they've got elbow guards and they've got gloves and knee guards. So everyone is protecting themselves. I mean, we talk about it like it's a rough sport, but it's we adrenaline junkies. That's the whole thing, that we love the sport because it's so fast and so hard. So – you can't, I could never say that it's rough because it's actually not rough. It's just you have to be – you'll get yourself caught out if you are in the wrong space at the wrong time. But if you're quick enough, you can get yourself out of it. So it's not a rough sport. It's more of a quick-thinking sport, and your horse has to be a top performer. As the, as the biggest player amongst everyone online here, Sarah, what – what is your number one recommendation to people starting the sport? To to love your horse first. <laughs> you have to love your horse to get to this the stage where you want to play polo cross or any discipline of horses because you need your horse the whole time. So if you've ridden your horse and you've got your horse fit and you've got your horse prepared, then you'll be able to have a good game. Yeah, I love that. I think I think there's um, there's so many interesting crossovers between the different disciplines. And if you look at the speed and the the rideability and the maneuverability of a polo cross horse, I think there's so many. You know, it's something that the show jumpers. It would be interesting to have that intersection. Maybe we can have a massive interdisciplinary show, and we can we can do a challenge team and get some show jumpers to come around some polo ponies. I'm sure if I got in your dressage horse, it'll be able to do quite a few polar cross moves because once it's schooled properly, it can do any discipline. I know the high-end discipline is going to be different, but Mm. definitely if it's schooled properly, it can do most of them. So I I don't know that there are many dressage horses I would lift up a a stick on. No, no, I wouldn't. And I wouldn't run it. Because <laughs> I don't think it'll stop at the end. Yeah. yeah. Sam, but, when uh, it comes George, to if people... I can just Yeah, sorry, sorry, go back. A little bit there. You know, we have spoken about it being a rough and tough sport. Um, and I, I would hate to put people off. Um, because yes, it is it is physical in a way, but it's very well controlled and ruled and and the modern game has also changed a bit. I think not that I watched that much polo cross earlier but it seemed to be a lot more contact and the the ethos of play nowadays is to play into space you know to play you know let the ball do the traveling so the better you play the more there is space and more you play into space and i say it's it's very well um, refereed 
and controlled. So there shouldn't be a hesitation that it is too rough for you to join because it is really, um, there is a lot of space to play. And the, the more you play, the more you actually need, the less you need the contact. I think it's also, it's easy for, for someone like myself to speak to you now about the World Cup and to go and Google a World Cup game and watch a video of it. That's obviously, that's obviously the end product. It's not the starting place. So just like all the disciplines start at a much milder, safe space. I think that's that's the obvious takeaway here. And um, hopefully we can we can see if there's like some open days that clubs are willing to host, that people people can just come around and see what the sport's about in a in a sedate way. See, players are handicapped too, um, Georgie. We didn't mention that. So oh. your peewee started about a minus two, minus three down the bottom there. And your top South African player, the highest handicap is a 10. So it's oh, very similar to that. So that really levels so, it out, makes it makes a fair no, game. It, no. so, uh, you play, you play, you play handicapped. Uh, most of the polo cross um, play is uh, in divisions, um, controlled by handicap limits for your for your section. And there are also certain rules that that control the differentials in handicaps within a section. And um, and then you have your your top end. It's a bit like golf. Your top end. You, do, you everybody plays of scratch, you know. Everybody, oh. the, your your okay. handicaps don't match. Just best players, but you get a whole series of different combinations of play. That's that's lovely, and that makes it really interesting and diverse. Sam, mm-hmm. if there are people, if if we're looking to follow events that are coming up, like the Nguenia Presidents Cup, and keeping up to track with the World Cup, what's the easiest way for people who aren't necessarily disciplined members? to find that information in those events? Georgie, I think if if they go onto Facebook, if they're of the older generation or Instagram, we have um, um, a Polacross essay, um, an account, and um, that's also a link to, um, it will be linked next week to our website. So um, all the information will be either on our website, our Facebook page, or our Instagram feed. Yes, I've actually found it online. I don't know if anyone can see that's terrible resolution, but South African Polo Cross, and it's very up-to-date as of six hours ago. So well done. That's really impressive. Yeah, I think our communications um, uh, people um, have done really well. I think the website is absolutely up-to-date. You can see the results of the under-16s are there, the notification for the Nguenia tournament, Social media is yeah, really busy. I think it's um, mm. I think it's very important to be up to date. Otherwise, I think it becomes uh, um, annoying. Really, a, I find social media. I love social media, and it's something I do. But I just find it such a such a good common ground for people to find information on. Um, and then the other, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, Sam, is the name the Philly raffle competition that you've currently got going on. Yes, well, um, that's one of our sponsors. Um, Peter Choice in 2015 donated um, a filly as well. It was called Flat, um, and it was um, also sold in the raffle. Um, and a Zimbabwean actually drew that in, in the draw at the final of the 2015 <laughs> World Cup. And, um, yeah, that is now in Zimbabwe. Um, but, yeah, um, Peter Choice yet again. Um, phoned me up and said he's happy to donate a, a filly again. 
And um, we needed to go and have a look and see what he had. He obviously uh, bought in an Australian stock horse many years ago called Eden Hope Bundy. And he's had, um, a, yeah, a great reading um, repertoire from him. And he's he um, had a filly that played in the 2015 World Cup called Covergirl, a beautiful grey. And um, that was put to one of his other stallions. And um, that is now a, a three or four year old, I must correct myself, um, up on his farm in Moy River. I and love um, it's such a cute yeah, animal. If you go onto the Polo, South African Polo Cross Facebook page, there's a photo of her there. Um, I'll try and share it to SAEF. It's, she's really cute. I love this. Yeah, and it's it's not only a horse that you can win in the raffle. Um, there's holidays, there's weekends away, um, there's um, a saddle if you you want to take on the game, Georgie. Oh, there we go. You can Thanks. win a Gordon Shaw saddle. <laughs> and I'm, I'm also for a saddle that I can actually have a concussion and still stay on a horse. That's that's, <laughs> that's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Pete actually asked us to choose um, the best of the, the fillies up there. He had four to choose from. And I think we chose the best. She's the most good looking. Um, she's a beautiful um, grey. I think she'll end up being quite a lot whiter than she is now. But um, yeah, we, we've actually got some someone going up to take a few pictures of her. And we'll be posting it on our Instagram and Facebook feeds. That's so great. there's a little bit of excitement um, involved in that. So um, yeah, buy a ticket if you want to start playing the game. I definitely think that horse will be quite competitive for you. And so, um, we'll give you a fighting chance <laughs> it's, such, it's such a lovely um i just love how excited you all are about the discipline and we actually spoke to peter choice for our um horse for a horse transport podcast a couple of weeks ago and he was he was wonderful and he glanced over the facts that he said he he obviously is australian and loves polo cross but i didn't realize he was quite such a patron of the sports that's really lovely He's very passionate about the sport. I think he eats, breathes, and sleeps it, if you ask his wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite uh, the sport, which is wonderful. Sarah and, them, Sarah and them also breed horses and have a, a stock horse, so she can add to the flavor. And I think you know, they're as involved and passionate he, and possibly crazy. Sarah, that's amazing. And we, we, where does a, an Australian stock horse land in South – how does it land in South Africa? So my husband Charles imported it um, in 1994. So it's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So he, we had a friend that was playing polo cross from Australia, James Cutler, and James Cutler and my husband Charles imported her, him together, and he actually landed in South Africa and was offered double the price by a show jumper because he had such Whoa. beautiful movement. So wow. my husband said, I haven't even got him home yet. Yeah. So no, he stayed on the farm and he we actually lost him. He was 20 and oh, we lost him from testicle cancer. Life. But we've got all his offspring. We actually bred over a hundred horses from him. And so he he obviously so had a very nice passion time in South Africa. Yeah, he did definitely had a very special time in South Africa. Yeah, so we were very blessed to have him, and we're still riding all his offspring and breeding now, going back onto a thoroughbred stallion. Yeah, so we're still That's, breeding. But Peter Choice puts back into polo cross, 
a huge amount and he is always helping people with horses and he really is somebody to look up to. He is wonderful. I think all sports, all disciplines need these these passionate advocates in it. I honestly Definitely. don't know where any of us would be without these big these big supporters and sponsors. So it's really lovely to be able to give them a little bit of airtime and hopefully to get a few more people to come to a few more of your tournaments. What do you guys have coming up next? I know you obviously said you're working around horse sickness now, which I think is very lovely and responsible. Um, so what is next on the calendar? Sam is the one, or maybe I can um, <laughs> say a little bit there. Uh, well, the um, I could even look at the calendar. Maybe that would help me because I'm supposedly <laughs> a bully. So you know, president's, the President's Cup was obviously the most immediate tournament that was on the yeah. door, which we've now postponed. And um, But then there is a Barbarians tour. So that is an unofficial South African ladies side that is playing a Barbarians, um, Barbarian side. That's seven ladies from... South Africa and seven made up of Bobia, which means a variety of countries. Oh, uh, there's Australians oh, no. there, there's Zambians there. So that's next up. And um, then there's some club tournaments. There are provincial champs, KZN champs, um, in the early parts of June. And that's normally a selection tournament as well. That's at Underberg. And um, then comes the high goal, which is at the end of June. A week before the July, so it's a good reason to come to Durban. I was going to say, that sounds like across. the highlight of the social calendar for you guys. Exactly, yeah. Okay. And then comes um, SA, there's a junior classic at the beginning of July. As it was mentioned earlier, it's often a selection tournament for juniors. Uh, great experience for the juniors. And then it's SA Champs in the middle of July. And then at the end of July, this is where we, we are working a little bit on the calendar we did make an announcement today but we might have to change it there's we're trying to move the president's cup um to there which is going to be held in in Grenia. so it's in in the northern provinces and we've got a an underberg tournament a walkable tournament where we've got a uh, so there's something uh, in every in every province for everyone to come and have a watch there's a northwest classic and a cape classic yeah and i just so, want to be beginning of October. And um, just to be clear, because we're equestrians, there's alcohol and food served at your shows, correct? Absolutely. Yes. As long as you're 18 years old. I can persuade any equestrians to go to any event that has horses, food and alcohol. We should be okay. Yeah, but you need to come to the high goal because on the last day of the high goal, apart from all the winners and whatever goes on there, we're also announcing the World Cup side. Oh, that's very exciting. Okay. Well, we're looking, we're really looking forward to hearing about that. That's going to be a really thrilling thing to watch. Is there anything else that any of you would like to add to um, our podcast before we very deservedly let you dial off? You know, if I can no, just say. Um, Thank you very much for inviting us. Please go, Manfred. There are. There are lots of clubs, as I say, we presented, we represented in six provinces. There are 19 clubs. So there are opportunities for people to join. As I said, just go on the website, have a look. 
um, go on the social media and find, and you're absolutely welcome to phone any member of the executive. Um, they're all absolutely passionate and involved, and we would help anybody to join. And yeah, the development is crucial in our game. The transformation is crucial, and we're working on that. And we really love to get anybody involved as much as possible. And I hope we can get as many spectators to our events as well. The high goal, the club tournaments, the provincial tournaments, and then obviously the World Cup next year is very, very exciting. Thank you all so much for joining tonight. It's really been lovely. I always love speaking to the people from the disciplines because everyone's just so invigorated and passionate about what they do. You guys have been really wonderful. And thank you for battling through our technological demons to log on. I really appreciate it. No, thank you, Georgie. Thank you very much, and thanks for having us. Thank you, Georgie. If you've just been watching us tonight, you have been listening to our 28th podcast from the South African Equestrian Federation, where we were very fortunate to speak to some of the impassioned polo cross players from around South Africa, some of our junior team representatives fresh from their overseas trip to Australia, and speaking to the events manager about what is coming in 2024, that is the World Cup for Polo Cross. Thank you to everyone who joined us tonight, and we'll see you next week, Wednesday at 7 o'clock.